delighted to have you in the podcast where all stories are welcome and the masks come off. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Shiva. How are welcome. you? I'm good. And welcome to Soul Brews with Shiva on Coffee and Soul. I'm so delighted to have you here to host oh, you. you. And lovely that you made the time. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Oh, it's really my pleasure. I'm, I'm very excited about this experience. Thank yeah. you for having me. Lovely. I'm looking forward to the next 35, 30, 35, 40 minutes, whatever, and, and, and getting to know you a little bit more. So uh, have you carried your cup of coffee with you? Well, it's not coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker. It's tea. But it's, um, tea, chamomile and lemongrass Lovely. to start my day off. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers <laughs> to life and to living. And that's a wonderful cup. And I see Wonder Woman there. Is that is there is there a connect, is there something that that you resonate with? Or? There is. Okay. She's always been my sort of hero. I don't know if we want to. I've always found her inspiring. Yeah. When I was. Five or six, my mother used to let me stay up late on a Saturday night just so I could watch Wonder Woman. And I guess back then it was really the, the only woman that had a strong character on TV. Yeah. And it really resonated with me as a little girl. Besides her outfit looked fabulous. And she had these magic bangles yeah. that she yeah. could move buses and fight fight evil and <laughs> her hair was never out of place <laughs> despite all um, she did yeah yes yeah and um I guess she's always stayed with me um we yeah it's just um for me it's like a little reminder yeah. of um I don't know inner power absolutely and also connecting with your roots of when you were younger isn't that beautiful and that kind of excitement or thrill yeah yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah i understand that so welcome and cheers to you that cheers. Here's, here's cheers. to the wonder woman in you yeah thank you and in you in all of us and in all of us thank you <laughs> mm. may i ask you to hold this cup of tea in your in your in palms and just nestle it in your palms sure is it too hot is it all right no it's okay. All right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> oh, okay. If it's too hot, it's all right. You just just let the smells waft over you. And if you can just close your eyes and just relax. Breathe in and mm-hmm. see if there's anything that comes up for you, Rebecca, as in an image or a sound or anything. What does this evoke in you? Well, I don't know if it's just because we've been talking about Wonder Woman. But I was, and, and also being able to stay up and watch her on a Saturday, but it really made me think of my family, my parents, and what a gift and how grateful I am that the parents I have were the ones I was given. Yeah, I get a lot of strength from the love I received as a child. Mm. Yeah. Has, that, has that been a key influence in your life? Is the... Yeah, I mean, I would say... So my parents were slightly unusual, I guess, for the time. Uh And my mother was a full-time teacher and my father was a fire officer, which meant he had quite flexible work. So I would say for a 70s girl, I had a great deal of male father influence. And he was certainly often the only man picking up a child from school. Right, right. In those days, that's amazing. In those days, yeah. 
And I guess he always used to tell my sister and I we were Amazon women. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and always encourage us and say, "Well, you can do that. You can do that," and really built up, you know, our confidence or our self belief. I wonder sometimes if we went too far, <laughs> you know. But um, I think I'm very, very appreciative of having that male influence in my life, which was so unusual at the time. Yeah. Mm. And that is uh, amazing. And, and, and many women who have had uh, grown up to be powerful, strong, confident women, uh, there's a lot to do with the kind of male influence they've had, particularly with their fathers. There's been a lot of studies around that as well. And, yes. and uh, yeah, that's wonderful that you had uh, that experience. And is, there a, is, is there an incident that comes to your mind as, you, uh, as we talk about this? Think. Well, you know, I'm reflecting now, and I'm th- I used to I used to occasionally swim for my hometown and train uh-huh. with the swimming club. I wow. love water. I love water and swimming. And I just remember when I started with them, it's quite a shock because <laughs> <laughs> you're in that water, up, down, up, down, jump out, back in, and it takes a couple of weeks for you to build up your stamina and your fitness to meet the rhythm of the group and progress. Yeah. I just remember my father sitting in the stands watching and at one point I think I came out of the water on the edge and must have given him the look of panic like yeah what have I got myself into and I just remember him saying it's okay you can do it (laughs) so I carried on because I had this this I think it's this trust this trust in him he's later confessed to me that inside he was thinking, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is so difficult. But he didn't convey that to me. It was just this confidence and trust, you know, and I just went for it and loved it and really enjoyed it. That's you know? amazing. Uh, these, are, these are defining moments for us in our lives, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so if I ask you to reflect on your life, Rebecca, uh, how the journey has been, the highs, the lows, some define, some more defining moments, could you play that out for me I'd love to walk with you as you journey and go back and and, you know how has it been for you you know life has been life has been great but truly unexpected Mm. and I think when you're young you start playing out these ideas the visions of how it's going to be and I Mm. see that with my own children now they talk about what they're going to do what they're going to achieve or and then life actually happens and the twists and turns in the road that you really don't expect. You know, sometimes you can either sink or swim. And I think the love and encouragement from my family has enabled me to swim and grow when challenges have come my way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would say when I was younger, I was very blessed because I had a very easy childhood. Mm. I loved I loved school. <laughs> I, I loved school. I loved learning. I still do love learning. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a lifetime learner. I have to stop myself from learning so I can focus <laughs> on other things. I'm sure we all share that, don't we? <laughs> That's true, um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I had academic success and then, you know, went on to sort of work in an international organization that I really enjoyed the the challenge to some extent the competition 
but then I think there's a point and, and I notice this often with my clients where there could be some trigger in your life or some point in your in stage of life where you stop you go up on your balcony and you reflect and think hang on a moment <laughs> how how did I get here and um, is this actually the right journey and path for me and I, I think for me I did a lot of course correction yeah so you know looking back I would say and I still reflect on this now as a parent with my my children I know as women I've in the, in the academic world I follow this um wanting to please approach yes. and always be a good girl yeah. And that even was reinforced at home with my family and my loving parents who were encouraging, but I used to come home and want to share the success and get the praise and reassurance that I was a good girl. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, that plays out all the way through my life and into my early years of work, which was working hard, doing your bit, being a good girl, delivering for your bosses and there's some success that comes from that absolutely and you were working in investment banking weren't you I was yes mm. I, I I worked for two American investment banks here in London mm. so much joy from the experience mm. exposure to so many cultures the diversity mm. I love that mm. but I think that there was definitely a point in my career there where I started to reflect on what was holding me back what was holding you back from? Moving forward, um, feeling more successful mm. and confident as I rose up in the organization mm. and understanding how I had to change myself mm. in order to prepare for the next level. Mm. So, you know, I was a department manager responsible for VPs. I was a VP myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we were talking about the MD track. And everyone kept saying to me, just need to be more strategic. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm working really hard delivering. Deliver. Yeah. No one ever actually explains, what do you mean by what being mean? strategic? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And um, I have a lot of this with my clients who reach a very similar position in their organizations. Yeah. And my own reflection, rightly or wrongly, <laughs> this is what this is about, isn't it? Absolutely. Is um, yeah. great improvements have been made mm. in the in the development of women and girls from childhood, mm. and I'm really excited to, for future generations. Mm. But even when I look back now, I think the way we're socialised at school, even even if it's genetically, yeah. I notice if you look back girls tend to have these small friendship groups yeah. if someone gets a bit big for their boots well they're soon slapped down and managed by the others and it's they form such intense friendships that it's very much about being there for each other that fitting in and pleasing mm. and being the good girl and then when I when I look at the male mm. sort of standard male um socializing that I saw like even in the playground mm. it's more like the wolf pack this sort of hierarchy they all knew who the alpha male was and they spent their playtime jostling for position <laughs> and I still think so much of what plays out in the workplace stems way back to that time 
That's so true. And, yeah, and when you reach a certain level of, of management and leadership in an organization, for women, my experience with clients and myself mm. is that struggle to let go of that past and step into something new that isn't necessarily becoming one of the wolf pack, mm, mm. <laughs> being aware of it and adapting to it and working out authentically who they're going to be. Mm. And I really struggled with that. And so, and I can imagine, and so Rebecca, I find you probably find that, that is that, is that, what you do in terms of your work with women leaders and, and you find yourself spending a lot of time in, in helping them through that? Is that something that? Yes. I mean, um, you know, we, we even end up talking about the position of women through millennia. You know, yeah. In the UK this week, mm-hmm. um, the position of women has come to the forefront in our national press again. Very sadly, a very lovely 30-year-old young lady yes abducted it turns out by a police officer and murdered here and so you know the focus of the media and conversations is very much around women Mm. and case women again and while we've made massive improvements and it's so exciting we have to bear in mind we're working against almost a millennia of history where we we haven't had the legal rights to support ourselves, the financial support, the physical ability to confront others. So we've learned that being adaptable and likable yeah. is the way to survive. And I don't know, is that built into our DNA? Do we all, modern women, do we come from a long line of survivors, female mm. survivors, mm. who learned to, to adapt to what greater powers um, view as being acceptable? Yeah, that's um, a great, uh, great opportunity for a study, uh, Rebecca, to just yeah. see. To see. Mm. Go ahead, go ahead. Mm. Go ahead. Yes, this, this comes back to the learning with me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> curious and intrigued and there isn't a day that goes past sometimes where I think that would be really interesting to look at. <laughs> someone, someone should do a study into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You started focusing on uh, where do you need to go from there uh, about your work and where you need to go and so what happened after oh yes with my work yes um so actually i had look i can look back on it now i had some i had started to reflect on what to do i'd started an implementing um changes but um there's this one defining difference between a man and woman in their career and that is baby making years and we can't really you know (laughs) source that externally source that it has to be done if that's something you wish to do is have a family so um I know I've spoken in the past but you know I lost my first child and to me it was the very first time in my life where I felt I had truly failed at something Mm -hmm. something that women should should of course be able to do we've been doing it for millennia and because I think I'd had such such an easy happy childhood and life it really hit me the sense of failure that I wasn't able to do something that biologically should be possible so as part of that I decided to take time out from my work because I needed to get well physically Mm -hmm. but it gave me the space to reflect and 
do my course correction. And that was a trigger for me to realign my priorities. Mm. And at that time, it was to safely have a family. Mm. And that, then that became the focus for you. And, and, and that's what you went ahead and did, Rebecca. Yes, it was. Um, I actually thought to myself, I'll just take a couple of years and I'll have my children really quickly and close together because that would be a really good idea. <laughs> did, did I mention my hair used to be straight? See, see what's happened? <laughs> um, yeah, so the idea was I would do this and I'd go back into the workplace again. And efficiently, you know, yeah. Yeah, really efficient this yeah. is the plan let's execute it back yeah. we go and actually what that plan did is it gave me some space to reflect mm. and I I changed as a person mm. I I relaxed my priorities changed mm. and it wasn't that I didn't want my career anymore at all I often reflect would how it would have been different if that hadn't happened but I'm so grateful for that deep sadness but was a trigger for me to reassess what I was doing. Um, and so I decided to start looking for more flexible work that would allow me to be in my children's lives, but also contribute and have something for myself. So I started to go into property development. Okay. <laughs> I, love, I loved having a creative outlet mm. Mm. and turning really old properties well, I made a point of buying really old properties that was so horrible, even if I got it wrong, it would be an improvement. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't really go wrong. Let's put it that way. And, and again, that was interesting because, you know, going from a, an environment where you had responsibility and you were given authority to lead and manage others, it was a different environment because yeah. I was leading and managing my team and but they're all independent yeah, yeah. people it wasn't like an organization with a hierarchy so yeah. it was it was a really great testing ground again to hone my skills you know and sometimes sometimes you know not sharing how much I really knew to really understand where some of them are coming from mm. You know, because I learned a lot, even some electrical terms. <laughs> you'd you'd sometimes have these guys who'd show up and make assumptions about you. Yeah, sure. And I'm very smiley and warm and, you know, yeah. and then they chat away as if I didn't know what they were talking about. And then I could just come in with a, you know, are you going to put a one gang or two gang in there? And they go, how did you know how to say that? <laughs> and then they sort of, oh, we better be a bit more aware. So, um. Great, great characters, really fun time, and allowed me to be with my children when they're younger. That's fabulous. What did you learn about influencing through that? Because as, 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 you, as you say, uh, what you're just telling me, it's, it's leading differently, isn't it? Versus having an yeah. a So how, how, what, one of the things that you said, you just, that, that probably would have influenced them because shell-shocked, how did this happen? How did she know what she's just said? What, yes. What did you learn about that? Uh, Rebecca it was uh, about influencing about making things happen that was different yes yes well I think you're constantly negotiating mm. you had to negotiate for their buy-in mm. their support and you know a lot of the same leadership principles you'd have in a large, large organization of showing empathy 
caring yeah. for them, taking an interest in what they're doing or who they are as a person, not just them on the job. Mm. Um, making sure you don't spend too much time on that because a lot of coffee gets drunk. Yeah. <laughs> sure. um, I think, yeah, gen gentle persuasion. Mm. And then at times having to really um, step up and you know say this is what we agreed this hasn't been delivered what what are we going to do about it I guess maintaining your own grounding personal grounding of what is right or how to treat people yeah and I, I, I did definitely occasionally play down my knowledge yes. to make others feel much more comfortable so I could really see them authentically Mm. Mm. yeah I, I i hear i hear what you're saying and and uh in terms of once you did that and, and you got a sense of where where people are where you are continuing to work in this in this field how did you move to coaching what uh, what took you there well actually coaching was something i adored when i was at the investment bank right. you know in about the year 2000 they took yeah. us all to one side and all trained us in grow <laughs> and um yeah. i always just loved people development team development so yeah. i wasn't in hr i was in the business yes. but um i relished the opportunity to practice at the coalface yes um yes. and get deep experience um of it mm. and I, I absolutely love developing people and developing teams and turning around morale. And I think I got the reputation for being a jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> Very hardworking and, and good with people. So I kind of got moved. Hmm. There's this department, there's massive turnaround, people are leaving. It's a mess, there's mistakes all the time, it's costing us money. And I would go in, work, 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 absolutely. It's a bit like cleaning a bathroom. You know, again, this is this is coming up as a theme. I'm reflecting now. I love cleaning a bathroom because you can really see what you've done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love breathing new life into a really broken house because you can see Isn't what that's you've interesting. done. <laughs> and then here, so I, I really loved a real challenge to cleaning turn up. around. And the huge joy I got from having a happy work happy happy team who were all empowered and I loved that but you know I think um, sometimes when you're quite experimental with management techniques in an environment in banking where you know you need to have a lot of control you have to be quite careful that you're not pushing boundaries too much yeah um, so that's, I all, I mean, I remember in like 2002, three saying to friends, peers of mine, do you know, I'd really love to be a coach. It just took me surprisingly a much longer time <laughs> to, to come back to that path. And that's really where I have felt like I've, I've come back home now. And, and is that how it feels for you that you're yes. home? Because I know yeah. that uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. it's hugely uh, up who you are. Right. I mean, we, we share this common space and in, in, in working through some of the things and uh, absolutely. Um, this is an interesting theme that has come up, right? It's like cleaning up and being able to see that the difference you're making. And is that something, if you 
kind of is that something you've reflected on earlier or is it something that's emerging and where do you see it going no well actually in the process of our conversation now i'd never drawn the connections between you know the property development with the work you know in a large organization um and i guess you know what am i doing now helping people who you know are at a junction yeah yeah at a crossroads um a lot of a lot of my um senior women particularly dealing with massive imposter syndrome yes like yeah. you, like you wouldn't believe and they all you know confess and say look I'll, I'll just tell you this but this is how I really feel yeah and you have these amazing women and so for me I just love are we are we partnering together and building them up to go and be amazing so it's not as um, overt as being able to see what you've done but you you know what you've done with the inner work with another individual that for me seeing their joy and their release and their liberation mm-hmm. and knowing that that's going to have waves and affect mm-hmm. other people in their lives at work or in their personal lives as well is so rewarding I wouldn't change it for a thing it's a vocation coaching isn't it it's not yeah. a job yeah, absolutely <laughs> it is a vocation absolutely and you know it's almost like and as you're saying this I'm linking it back to uh, it's like you're creating or working with uh this group of a card of wonder women you know and they yes. can release what what is so beautiful in them to to feel it and to be in it yes actually yeah. there you know i think that's uh... yeah it's freedom and liberation it's what i really see mm. yeah i often reflect on what what do we do about this more broadly mm. because um i even had I had a, I had a couple of clients recently who um took a short a career break mm. for the child rearing mm. very young age mm. have gone to gone on very sort of fast track women return us to work programs which you know the organizations have put huge investment into mm. and the feedback's been wonderful they've really appreciated mm. that but then the organization is still the same as it was yeah, yeah. and there's some sort of disconnect still going on mm. um like there's massive progress but there's definitely a sense with my clients at the moment of great hope mm. that because we've proved that technology can work in our favor to support more flexible working yes a lot of people who are highly skilled and very um, accomplished can come back into the workforce without feeling torn around their mm. decision or responsibilities in their families Absolutely. men and women too it's not just women who've been reflecting that with me yeah it's, and, that's so interesting it's like it's on ramping again isn't it it's uh, yeah 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 go ahead go ahead and listen and, and and the hope that because the organization itself might change and create more of a flexible mm-hmm. workforce that that on ramping would be more successful than it has been because a lot of a lot of people i know who joined for a year and then left and so and, and and what what has been your experience why have they left is because the organization is the same is that that's exactly the words that they used the organization is the same expectations are the same um i had wednesday afternoons off mm. 
I was working full time and I'd come back to my desk in the evening and carry out, but I was still having constant messages all through that Wednesday. It's not all organizations, but so it's that feeling that they've been welcome back, but it structurally it still wasn't working for them. Yeah. So systems don't really support what they say they'd like to support because systems are big things, isn't it? And, yeah, and it yeah. takes a lot to change. And I'm just, I'm hopeful and optimistic that, you know, amongst this very sad time with the pandemic, mm. that we will make such quick and big shifts, yeah. you know, that I, I went to the talk the other day, um, Professor Vlatka, I'm not very good at her explain, uh, saying her name, Vlatka Hookliff, I think her name was, okay. was at the Academy of Executive Coaching where I trained. And she was talking about how, um, you know, in the 80s and 90s and early noughts, you know, large organisations still had the traditional management mm. of control and command. Yes, yes. And how that plays out still today, particularly in banks and insurance, where you have to have, you know, there's the risk results in this control and command. Um, and how through technology, it might be possible for there to be a shift into more contemporary, collaborative, um, in, empowering employees that will really uh, take business and organisations even public sector forward, if we can, if we can make that shift, and that's the operative uh, phrase. If we can make that shift, I think absolutely. Mm. But I'm hopeful, and I'm sure you are, because we're working at it and we're chipping away. And hopefully... <laughs> we are chipping away. It's a yeah. Well, then I then I reflect on on that whole control and command approach to management, and you know I've got a couple of clients who work for large banks mm. and technology potentially has worked the opposite way mm. in that, you know, their keystrokes are monitored, how active their computers are, um, are monitored. Mm. So that, yes, they're working from home, but there's now a level of monitoring where these people are completely trustworthy, working hard. And I just wonder what message that gives I'm, I'm quite torn. I'd love to have a, a more open debate about the, the thought processes around that and what impact that has on employee engagement. Yes, that's, uh, isn't that even a... <laughs> that's Another one to research. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. Um, is there a, an adage that you live by or something that's your... Is there something that you fall back on as a thought or a metaphor uh, something that you live by when the chips are down? Well, I have my own little, um, my values, and you can't see in my office, but behind the monitor, I have them on the wall to, to look at whenever I need, when I feel I need a bit more guidance. And that is to lead with love for yourself or others, and be authentic and have courage. Those are my three things. So, yeah. What, I, what I'm learning more is, even with my clients, learning, using to lead with love for others is relatively easy compared with leading with love for yourself. That's been my experience. That is, uh, that's very powerful, Rebecca. Leading with love for others rather than leading with love for yourself. That, mm. that would probably change choices, isn't it? Yeah, it's something I'm working on and, you know, 
something that's been highlighted through our, our developmental work together on positive intelligence. Mm. And what I'm seeing with clients is the hardest part is for people to love themselves, deal with the shame and vulnerability of opening mm. up. Mm. I've had to work on that too. So when you asked me about my journey through life, you know, when I felt that I had failed, when I lost my first child, there was some shame attached to that internally. Mm. And then later when, um, well not, not, not long after that, um, I, I got divorced as well. Mm. And I had two very young children um, dealing with the shame of feeling again that I failed at that. Mm. Um, where my parents had been so successful in their marriage and are still together, um, I had always expected that would happen to me. Mm. When things don't go to plan and you really sit with it and reflect, I truly feel that those experiences enable you to have more depth and compassion for others. I, I, I feel like I bring that to my work. I know that um, whatever I've experienced of you in our conversations together over so many months now, that's very true, Rebecca. There is a strong element of empathy. And it's not just, I, I, mean, I don't want to suggest empathy, but it's, it's resonance. And there is an ability that lets you connect and resonate. And mm -hmm. you can articulate and say that and people respond to that because it's so, it comes from a, a deep place and it's authentic. Mm -hmm. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, I can, I, I can completely reverberate with what you're saying. I, I feel that if I had to sum up my life to where I am, there was um, pre the triggers, my life was all about perfection, trying to be, do my best perfectly, almost being Wonder Woman, not a hair out of place. <laughs> but the second part of my life, I'm relishing is more about imperfection mm. and the liberation that comes from imperfection, even from just connection with others. And I love being imperfect. I'm proud to be imperfect. And I don't think I could have said that. I think that is so, so beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. And when you say that, and when people hear these things, it gives them the permission as well to be imperfect, you know. Just the other day we were talking about this concept of wabi-sabi in the, in the, in the it's, yes, you know, and it's so, it's so, it's so true what you're saying because the uh, role modeling that it's all right and, yeah. uh, uh, and for people to be able to be all right with it. I think that's so powerful, Rebecca, and more power to you as you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> as you, you. Thank find you. more <laughs> facets of yourself to share with authenticity. I think it's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Is there anything you could have done differently? And I don't mean it in, in terms of regret, you know, but just, yeah. just a blameless discernment. Yes, blameless discernment. Wow, where do you start? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what, if I had been that woman working back in the investment bank, and I had reached out and got a coach, the story would have been quite different. Um, Tell me more. So sort of to know then what I know now. Yes. I mean, this, this is why I really love talking to older women. Mm. And, you know, 
grandmas yeah yeah stopping in the street with the little old lady with the dog yeah and knowledge you can get because we all think that we're the first ones to do this but they've they've been there before and the wisdom that comes pouring out of these wonderful creatures that's so true <laughs> so if i could if i could um revisit my younger self you know i would say go get yourself a coach <laughs> and um have a lot more confidence in myself is that is that a message you is that your message to women just starting out women say 10 years ago where you are today or where you were then is that yeah. something that you would tell them wouldn't tell them to be more confident i'd work with them to find it within themselves to be more confident um would you tell them to get a coach to start looking deeply yes, yes. i would without a doubt and yeah without a doubt to do that in a work that will give them the confidence to take them forward mm-hmm. in an authentic way that's right for them and who they are and i i know in lots of organizations we've got some super examples of women leaders um but I, there's still work to be done there's still much so much self doubt there and i think some work around worrying less about failure mm-hmm. and embracing that failure enables us to grow and learn and it seems like such well of course it seems like such a simple concept but when you're right in amongst it you know working as hard as you can uh trying to perform at your best every day in a very competitive organization where there's a sense that failure might lead to vulnerability and exposure mm-hmm. it's not as easy as it sounds to put into practice and i have the empathy for people knowing how some organizations operate yeah that they have to have deep confidence and conviction rebecca i believe uh, each one of us has a unique gift to offer human kind <laughs> yeah. it's different it's just it's just the way that we we kind of knit it all together is different for each individual mm. what is your gift well i'm told i have a very calming influence with people mm. um that I'm told they feel they can tell me anything. <laughs> and it's a real privilege. So I think my gift is really making people feel psychologically safe. Well, that's very powerful. And what a gift to have. I yeah, I yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. It's that's a, that's a real joy and privilege. Yeah. Yeah. And that you I own it. and that's beautiful. Yeah. I think, you know, in my work obviously but also in my personal life you know people opening up to me and i often get the i never told anyone else this before like i'm telling you too and when people say that i think oh, i'm so honored that they trust me absolutely yeah i think yeah. that is that is really really beautiful uh what what's the um this is almost like carrying coal to newcastle but what's the what's the benefit of having uh conversations such as these rebecca being open mm-hmm. so more people who are hiding and wondering if they're the only ones know they're not the more we talk about this and, and make it mainstream the less these conversations are you know hush hush in private coaching sessions and whis- whispers amongst friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
there's a there's a great book I think I often think about it for children and it's called The Huge Bag of Worries okay and uh, in this book there's a little girl who worries about so many things that her bag of worries gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it's following her around and she just can't get rid of it but then when she opens up to her grandma um, and her teacher at school and they take some of the worries out and talk about them they suddenly disappear <laughs> and it's such a lovely analogy I use with my children when they're unsure and I say well it's better that we're talking about the bag of worries yes yes than leaving them there it's the same with adults I really think it's the same if we talk about what's there it becomes they disappear the worries the, the fear the anxiety absolutely live with more freedom and be liberated to be our imperfect selves <laughs> yes and more power to that uh, thought rebecca so that we can all allow ourselves to be who we are and with the pieces that don't seem to completely fit but are still us and uh, uh, so uh, this has been a wonderful conversation and is there anything else you'd like to say before we close up No, thank you for creating the space for me to spend some time reflecting with you. I found this really deeply valuable. And yeah, thank you for having me on here. And I'm going to take away what we've discussed today and ruminate more. Wonderful. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure to host you, Rebecca. And I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for being so open and for sharing parts of yourself with so much, with grace and with... Uh, Um, uh, with openness and I think that is truly truly valuable thank you so much for your time and thank you for being with me on coffee and so thank you my pleasure thank you thank you for your time and attention and for being a part of soul brews with Shiva until next week keep the coffee swirling <laughs>